What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. Well, Auntie Reddit decided tonight was a good night to go to bed at a decent hour, so, uh, yeah. I moved to the porch to do some recording. Using my old laptop, the one like I use for camping. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Alright, let's read some stories. I am going straight to hell. Many years ago, I worked for a small independent IT shop. I'm not proud of my time, behavior, or attitude during those years. It was my first job in IT. I was in my mid-twenties and the atmosphere of the place was absolutely toxic. We thought we were gods when we were clowns and cowboys. All stories are around 15 years ago and to the best of my memory. Cast for this is me, my boss, client boss, DB guys, and collectively client secretaries. So on Wednesday after a long weekend off I go back into work. My boss asked me to head down to the client site and have a look at their problem they've had since Friday. My boss had been down on the Friday, Saturday, Monday, and Tuesday to show his face and look involved. Boss. They can't access their CRM thingy. It's not our problem. The DB guys from the place that built it for them say it's a network issue, but I can ping the server and that's fine. It's a database problem. Just go and have a look for appearances sake and we can say we're sparing no effort to look at it. Okay, off I go with the customary amount of required information to achieve my goal. Easy. Me. Hi everyone. So just for fun, let's start from the beginning for my sake. Just tell me what's going on, please. Client secretaries. We can't access anything on the system. We can't see any of the appointments or make new ones. Client boss. I'm gonna spare. Please do what you can. Anything, please. I've got the DB guys down here looking at it too and they're convinced it's a network issue. Client boss is agitated. I get the picture. For anonymity, no details, but this guy's business is expensive rates for well-off clients for bookings from an hour to a half a day. All the shiny suits who spend their bank holidays in a polo shirt and shorts washing their Audi and their trophy wives spend a lot of money for relatively short appointments. Anything less than perfect service is an embarrassment. Client has no way of keeping track of who and when and what. They don't even know how much business they're losing. Me. Okay, so let's try a few things. I try pinging from reception PC to server. Works fine. And it's the same for all of you? My question is, who is this affecting? Client secretaries. We can't get on, but they can up in the office. What? Well, this is new. My boss had not mentioned this. Around this point, I see the DB guys. We are not introduced. Client boss is too distracted for anything like that. But the air has changed. The situation is not as described. My professional survival instincts and ego silently exchange places. DB guys and I do not make direct eye contact, but the sense of us versus them is tangible. They are on site. I am beginning to understand. After a get here now type of phone call from client boss and heads will roll today. We both glance at each other through our peripheral vision. We both know. And know they know. And know they know we know. Me. Righty ho then, let's have a look. Sure enough, PCs in the office work fine. The server's in the office. Huh. I'm just going to start tracing what's going on. Thanks. My trace is I trace the cables. The reception PCs connect to a simple 8-port 10100 switch, which in turn connects to another simple 8-port switch in the office, which we almost certainly sold them. For those who know, it's a Netgear. The white ones, not the blue ones. And I see it. Oh, 10 nose? What is, what is that? Somebody tell me. <laughs> I see it. Me. So when did this start? Client secretaries. After the power cut. When everything lost power. What is O10O's? What am I missing here? 
That would explain why the port on the cheap consumer grade switch connecting to the reception switch is lit orange instead of green. They've negotiated the link at 10 megabits per second, not 100 megabits per second. More than enough for some simple ping packets, but not for their client management system. I'm not saying that phrase again. Me, I'm just going to make a quick call. I go outside, blah, blah, blah. My boss, oh. Me, so the fix is power cycle it. Client boss has no idea about tech, but he knows what turn it off and on again means. My boss, can you just try it? Me, um, well, do or do not really, isn't it? There is no try. <laughs> my boss, okay, do it and do your best. Thanks. Really, thank you, my boss. So off I go. Power cycle a switch. Me, can you try it now, please? Client secretaries. Oh, yeah, it's working now. Client boss has overheard this. DB guys almost certainly have, too. Client boss skips over with a hesitant but growing smile. Given the situation, I can only see his face as a hideous maelstrom of panic and hope fighting for dominance. <laughs> and I'm the face this face will question. Client boss, is it working? Me. Seems so now, yeah. Client boss, what was wrong with it? Every human who was once ever a child will recall a time a parent or teacher asks a question in a certain tone of voice. Every human who was once ever a child will recall that sensation of having fleeting nanoseconds to offer an answer that will be plausible and innocent enough to avoid big trouble. God's own atomic clock was ticking for me. I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing. Just nothing. I've resynchronized your switch, client boss. Who the F said that? Oh my god, it was me. What is happening? Client boss. Non-comprehending head spasm. Terrifying look of mad glee. One side of your switch was communicating with the other side of your switch at a different speed. I offer some hand gestures to represent something being higher than the other. So I've resynchronized it so they can talk together properly. Bring my hands level and tap my fingers together. And that seems to have fixed it. The being within me that emerges only to protect us in times of mortal peril rests now. Client boss. But it's working now, yeah? I simply smile and nod. I've learned in my career, sometimes people don't want the techie gibberish. They want to see your confidence. They can offload their fears if you look like you know what you're doing. Client boss, while grinning. Okay, I'll tell these DB guys they can go home. Cheers. I take my leave instantly, before I burst out laughing. I get back to the shop for a debrief. My boss's pride is wounded, but we've gotten away with it. It's nearly closing time. My giggles and adrenaline subside. Then the phone rings. The caller ID I recognize. Me. Hi, client boss? Client boss. Hi, me. Me with an ultra-professional neutral voice. Uh, everything okay? Is there something else I can do for you? Client boss. No, I was just calling to say... And his voice drops to a heartfelt, sincere whisper. A pause. Oh my god, this is awful. Please let this end. Client boss. Thank you, me. Thank you. Me. No problem at all, client boss. Thank you for saying that. Click. I am going straight to hell. I don't know about going straight to hell, but it was a little white lie. I mean, it was a simple fix. Kind of surprised the DB guys didn't think of it. I mean, I know they're not, not network guys, but still, I mean, uh, and your boss missing it. That must have been a little embarrassing after several days of hanging out there trying to look important. But, uh, you know, my feeling is no harm, no foul. You got it fixed. Everybody's happy in the end. Uh, no war between DB guys and yourself. So, yeah, it's a win-win. Works just well enough to be dangerous. 
I used to work for a company that built security camera systems. The company in question designed and built the actual DVR itself, writing the software. Not sure how much of it was programmed from scratch, but our software department was at least in the same building, if nothing else. I was a lab tech with the hardware guys, assisting with any R&D testing as well as failure analysis if something got returned from the field. In the hardware department, we did actual component level repairs on the circuit boards, so we had a microscope to give us a better chance of getting surface mount components lined up correctly. We had an intermediate level of test equipment at our disposal, oscilloscopes, bench power supplies, and multimeters, as well as simple components like resistors and capacitors that could be tacked across strategic parts of the circuit, or a protoboard to see if it was an effective fix for any problems we might encounter with either a prototype or production board. The DVR I worked on had a small NIMH nickel metal hydride backup battery. Not enough to actually continue to record, but more so that if power was lost while recording, the files would finish saving so that they weren't corrupted. One day we get a returned unit where the complaint was a battery related fault code was showing up. I open up the box and test the battery with my multimeter. Sure enough, it's as dead as a brick. With a bench power supply that has built-in current meter, I have the DVR 12 volt to the main power input, and it boots up normally, and it is drawing the normal amount of current. So far, so good. We had a little adapter that allowed us to measure the current going to and from the battery, as we were checking for any parasitic current draw that might otherwise discharge the battery, which would necessitate more frequent recharging, thereby shortening its service life, as well as testing the charging circuit. So I hooked up said adapter to make sure it wasn't a board fault that killed the battery. I then hooked up a known good battery, and rather than begin charging the battery, the DVR is drawing about 0.25 amps from the battery while the DVR is plugged into the main power. What? I shut down the 12 volt input to the DVR and it hard stops immediately as though it lost all power. So where is that 0.25 amps going? Certainly not where it should be going. I look at the schematic to try to work out what might draw a small current like that if it failed. Searching for a hot component probably wouldn't work because 0.25 amps wouldn't create a noticeable amount of heat. However, if there's an intermittent problem, pressing on the board might yield results. On a 12 volt system with a relatively low current draw, it's pretty safe for you to touch it with your finger. Of course, you must ground yourself before doing so lest you break something with static electricity. So I put on my anti-static wrist strap and start randomly pressing my finger against components while watching the meters and ouch! Well, that chip is boiling hot. So it is probably broken. Well, that wasn't too hard. Weird that the current draw is almost normal, save for the 0.25 amp from the battery. So I circle the chip on the schematic so that I remember which part to replace. I then reach over to pick up the battery and ouch, the battery is also boiling hot. Immediately, I realize that any kind of battery being too hot to touch is a very bad thing and disconnected in a hurry, then rushing to turn off everything on the bench. I scan the area surrounding the battery for any paper or other flammable materials that need to be moved away from it. There weren't any except that the table was made of wood, so I grabbed the metal baking pan we had nearby and put it over the battery. I thought of putting the battery on the pan and or tossing it in the freezer, but I didn't think it was wise to move it for fear of handling it might set it off. I mentally remind myself of where the fire extinguisher had been, and suppressing my urge to sprint, instead walked over there just to make sure it was still there. Thankfully it was right where it belonged. I decide not to pick it up, lest I panic anyone when there isn't even any smoke coming out, much less flames. Instead I went back to the bench and stood several feet away watching and listening for any signs of an imminent fire. After a few minutes the battery had cooled down. Whew! However, 0.25 amps was well within the normal operating range of the battery. Even if it wasn't, there's no way on earth anything could create that kind of heat 
at that voltage without drawing at least 10 times that amount of current. At least not without actually using the battery to literally ignite pyrotechnics. Something just wasn't adding up here, which made me suspect a problem with the multimeter. Sure enough, if I use the constant current mode on the bench power supply, making a mental note not to exceed the maximum safe current for the amps jacks on the multimeter, I discovered that the auto-ranging multimeter was apparently stuck at the low end of the amps measurement mode. Strangely enough, once you exceeded 0.25 amps, the meter did not say OL like it was supposed to. It would just stop rising, making you believe you were only drawing 0.25 amps, even if you were actually drawing much more than that. Yet the fact that the current meter still changed when you connected something would fool you into believing that the meter was still working properly. The way I could tell is that the bench power supply had a current meter of its own and I could crank it up to 3 amps and the meter would just sit there, still showing 0.25 amps. The meter's maximum was 10 amps and it was protected by a fuse. Given that not knowing you're overcurrenting a battery could be rather dangerous, I removed the fuse for the current measurement jack and put a note on top stating that the current measurement mode did not work. I later found that the battery in question had a PTC built into it. A PTC is sort of like a circuit breaker though it resets by letting it cool rather than having to press a reset button. It trips when it gets hot but only reduces the current rather than cutting it off. So the battery just gets relatively hot but not hot enough to be dangerous and just dumps current into the fault until it runs out and dies. I know I'm a little foolish but I've never really been that worried about overheated batteries and I know I know you can get burnt, you can, you know, get injured from flying shrapnel, whatever, depending on the type of battery. It's just not something that ever occurs to me because it's never happened to me and I've never seen it in person. Uh, the only time I've ever seen a cell phone battery explode is when somebody threw one into a bonfire once. Um, yeah. But at least this guy kept his head, kept his cool. Look at your options. Protect yourself and the property as best you can. I mean, he did good. I would have never figured out the fault with the multimeter. Half the time I can't even read it right for a regular 120 volt house electric. So I'm a carpenter. What can I say? A wrench makes a pretty good hammer. Last Friday at 4 p.m. I foolishly answered the phone. Got a call from the director of a group I support. Noob, we just found out we need to do a data push Sunday night. That requires we stop app instances for places. After the push, we need to restart the instances. Can you script something for the support team? We're a DevSecOps shop, like the cool kids. There's roughly 20 places and an app instance is roughly 20 microservices. I look up the magic incantation and, being a Unix guy, throw together a shell script that barfed up 400 commands to shut it down and 400 commands to start it up. I emailed it to the director. Two minutes later, I get a team's join request. I forgot about 21st service. No problem, I've got the script. No, let's just fix it on the chat. I'll share my screen. As my Navy friends say, no shit, there I was. <laughs> the director cut the commands from the notepad and pasted them into Excel. He used one of the commands as a template and two columns to hold the variables for 21st service and app instance. Through the miracle of contact, the third column held the missing commands. A quick cut and paste and he's ready to go. I wonder if I should have mentioned find and replace. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing here, pure speculation, but uh, I'm guessing that it was just over an extra column, just out of view or something. I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you guys will know better than me. Uh, it's been a long day, and I appreciate you guys coming for the video. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.